Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast. Yes, we are back one week later. Actually, a week and a half later, to be exact. I did say that I tried to be as consistent as humanly possible, especially with so much that's going on right now. And all of a sudden, this always happens, really. I take some time off. I go on vacation. I almost get into a car accident on freaking the snowstorm that just came out of God knows anywhere in Pennsylvania. Had to take some time off from Wednesday doing some auditions and such. But you know what? It's real life. And we have to come back and it is what it is. It is what it is. But you're not here to have me ramble and all that bullshit. No, we want to talk about comic book shit going on in the world of whatever, whatever this is. It's like every time we come out of nowhere and they want to smack us in the face with more news, more shit to talk about. And I realized I can't do it alone and I don't want to do it alone. I did say two weeks ago that I would be bringing in a guest and by God, after weeks and weeks of delaying and delaying, we are here. We are together again. Well, first time, but chances are she will be back. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you my coworker from 77 WABC, the host, co-host of The Ring Fanatics. You can check out that podcast right now after this. If you wish, if you love some pro wrestling shit, best in the world at what she does, Gina Limberopoulos. Tell me, I, t- tell me I pronounced that name correctly. You did. You got it right. You got it right. Definitely. Gina Limberopoulos. Oh, my goodness. How are you doing today? I'm good. Can't complain. Having a good Saturday morning. A good one. Yeah, good Saturday (laughs) afternoon. It just hit 12. You know what I just realized? There was something that I forgot to post online as well. And I'm like, you know what? I can wait. This takes priority. This (laughs) takes precedence. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad it does. (laughs) That was funny. It's like like we both said off the record here before we even started, we got to do what we can to get our life back. Right. You're absolutely right on that. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> welcome to adulthood. Seriously. Uh, freaking sucks being an adult. But it, it does. you and I are both fans of comic book content. And as yes. you know, we are huge fans of what's been going on as of late. Ever since the Batman starring Robert Pattinson has been released. And here we are talking full spoilers and whatever else that goes on in our lives. Tell me. What did you think? You know what? Let's just go off balls to the wall. Spoilers all around. Hell yeah. What do you think? Oh my God. Um, I honestly, I saw it opening weekend and I still can't shut the hell up about it. I think <laughs> it was absolutely phenomenal. I thought everything about it was great. The parallels to the comics were unbelievable. Even to the, the cartoon series as well. Like everything about it to me was just so, so cool. Um, I think that Robert Pattinson's portrayal of Batman was probably my top two next to Christian Bale. Um, okay. Uh, easily. I, I think that his Bruce Wayne portrayal was the best ever, in my opinion. 
do you think that a lot of people are saying now that this was much more of an emo take of Batman? Like, like he's more emo, much more dark and depressing. And it's like with Bruce Wayne facing the way he did and going through his life the way he did, do we expect otherwise? No, and that's the thing. And I do agree 100% that this portrayal of Bruce Wayne and ends of Batman was definitely an emo take um, because it kind of also reminded me of The Crow a little bit. I think mm-hmm. that they definitely had some kind of, um, you know, like influence from that movie and the comics. Like, for example, the, the nightclub scene when they're walking through the nightclub in yes. Batman. That was so crow influenced. It's not even funny. I was like, oh my God, like this is, and I love the crow. So that emo influence was a hundred percent there. And in terms of, um, you know, Bruce Wayne and what we would expect, obviously you don't. And giving him this kind of emo kind of vibe and portrayal. I mean, it's, it's a no brainer and I don't know how it hasn't even been done yet. Like (laughs) he's miserable. He's a miserable orphan that lives in Gotham alone and he's freaking fighting the worst of the worst. Like, of course he's emo. Like, they should have played MCR if they could have at this point. What I loved about the entire movie in general is the fact that this takes place in year two, which right. means Batman hasn't reached yeah, Batman hasn't reached his prime yet. Yeah. And done by voiceover, which was brilliant, because we got to peek into the mindset of Bruce Wayne at that time. He realizes that what he's doing is not working right fighting all these bad guys he realizes he can't be everywhere at once but he's already started to make an impact within gotham city first of all this has to be the best portrayal of gotham city that i've ever seen a hundred percent oh my god yes that first 15 minutes of the batman were the best first 15 minutes of a dc movie i've seen in a very 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 long time holy moly what a portrayal I get parallels in terms of, well, what happened with Gotham from the Fox TV show? And I thought to myself, I'm like, well, with that show, it focused a little bit more on the villains individually as opposed to the entire setting. Right. Because let's face it, in comics, Gotham is like one of the worst shitholes. <laughs> Gotham is ever just New been... York City now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. You know, I thought about this the other day. We actually need a realistic Batman right now. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and I'm talking like beginning of the movie Batman, not like end of the movie Batman. <laughs> it's one of those things. Um, What were your favorite moments of the entire movie? I, I know we have so many, but there's got to be yeah, like, there's a, a, like, a, oh, it's a yeah, there, there's got to be that one thing or that well, that one scene or that that second scene where you're like, Yes. All right. Well, I'll start with the obvious of the scene with Riddler in the church and uh, the car. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. When, Driving when the he, car uh... through the church. Holy yes. shit. Oh, my God. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. I'm sorry in advance. But no, no, you can hey, no holds barred. You can say whatever you want. Cool. Holy fucking shit. Then. <laughs> <What a scene. laughs> um, I, I saw the trailer first obviously and that's one of the first scenes they released and i sat there with my jaw on the floor and i watched it four times in a row and then watching it in the actual theater was still like i watched it for the first time again like it makes you like sick watching that scene because the way he gets out of the car and like stumbles out and it's like giving you like the saw franchise vibe too with the the bomb around his neck and 
Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That to me. And then he's standing on the top of the church on the balcony and then he walked like he disappears. I was like, this is insane. Absolutely insane. I thought that was one of the best scenes by far. And I think them releasing it as a trailer definitely set the tone for the rest of the movie too. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think that was brilliant in terms of marketing and production on their end as well. Dropping that as a trailer. Um, I also love the nightclub scenes. I just liked them generally. I liked how they were filmed. I liked that we had glimpses of Penguin as well during that time. I think the Penguin chase scene with the car was absolutely phenomenal as well. It still baffles me that was played by Colin Farrell. That, yeah, he, someone needs to give this man an Oscar, like, tomorrow. Seriously, (laughs) for that, because it was unbelievable. That portrayal was crazy that it was Colin Farrell. Like, you would not have even guessed it. You like you could tell right away that they were going for like an Italian an Italian mobster. Kingpinish. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. A, a, a little bit more Italian and a little bit more of a because this is Matt Reeves, the director, said it best. This is a film noir type of a right. scenario. And you could see it. I oh my god, I love the whole storyline. We'll get to that later, like the actual plot and everything of it. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I I think that the portrayal of Penguin was so cool in this you know like compared to what we've seen before with danny devito eating fish um you know (laughs) i i think that this was so so cool of them to give this like kingpin mob like mafioso kind of vibe um and we see that goofiness of penguin as well so there was like this nice balance where it wasn't overly done serious but you still get this little goofy sense uh, to him as well I've been saying this for over a year now, and after the whole debacle with the DC Extended Universe on how DC was trying to copy off of Marvel, I said that the best way for them to differentiate themselves from Marvel is to go the complete opposite direction. Marvel is more kid-friendly. It's more happy. It's more colorful. And yes, there are some dark moments, but it has a great balance. DC needs to go full-on dark. Don't give a shit what anybody else says. Don't give a shit about the wokeness or the cancel culture. No, do your own thing. And they Marvel focuses on superhero team ups and crossovers. DC should focus on individual storylines. Right. I completely agree. Yes. And as soon as the trailer came out for the Batman and this was going to be a dark, broody, emo, dark, uh, I said dark already, depressing (laughs) type of a, you know, a coming up story. And it just works. Right. It works. Yeah. And then, and then I thought to myself, as I saw the entire movie, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I want to see this again. I, I, I definitely, I, I definitely do. And, and it, remi- <laughs> it reminded me so much of how they definitely took influences from the Joker. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they were both Warner Brothers, weren't they? Anyway, I mean, yes. it wasn't the same director, obviously, but. Um, it was still both Warner Brothers. There was definitely influence. I was 100% convinced that that scene with the prison cell with Riddler, which is also one of my favorite scenes, and, and Riddler and Batman are talking to each other, mm-hmm. or Bruce Wayne, um, and he starts like referencing like his life, basically, like knowing that it's him. Um, and and that, w- that was, you know what? That was an interesting key detail because Batman at that time didn't wasn't 100% thinking that oh does he know who i am right so that little plug of like hey i know exactly who you are is like that that cut so deep watching that you were like wow but in that scene in the trailer i was a hundred percent and people are gonna laugh at me for saying this probably i was a hundred percent convinced that we were gonna get that prison pan up 
and it was going to be Joaquin Phoenix because it was out of context and I didn't really? know anything from the trailer yet. I swear <laughs> to God, I was like, I swear to God, that's Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I'm going to scream. I was like, it's him, but old. It wasn't, obviously. But I was like so convinced that it was him. I was like, oh my God. I thought it was the same universe. Marvel's in my head too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a different kind of storyline. Um, exactly. You know, speaking of, of that scene, uh, let's go into a little bit of the uh, the things that kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, and we spoke about this at one point. You loved it. I felt like it was unnecessary. The ending scene where both Riddler and obviously the Joker next to each other were talking. Right. Me personally, I felt that was unneeded because I understand movies do this to sequel bait. Mm -hmm. I understand that they have to do it in order to anticipate the next movie coming out. I get that. Right. But we just had another Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, as, as you just said. Chances are they're going to come with a sequel with that movie. Yeah. I understand the multiverse exists now. And everybody is in full awareness of that. Uh -huh. But I don't know. Like, maybe if it could have been a different villain, or maybe it could, if it could have been, like, I don't know, someone else, anybody else. I don't know. I, I don't feel right with the Joker being there at the ending of the movie. See, I get where you're coming from. And I, I could agree with that. It's not, I, this also explain why I liked it. So mm -hmm. I know what you mean. I think this should have been Riddler and Penguin's movie. I think that it should have been focused there. I think it should have been, a, I think personally that giving this even a sequel is, it could be good, but it's such so good as a standalone right now that it doesn't necessarily need one. However, if you're going to have to do a sequel bait, I liked how they set it up because just from a marketing perspective and how like my brain works with what's popular, setting up for a new Joker, even with just a little laugh or the conversation at the end, they did the sequel baiting well, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So while I agree with you that it should have been just a standalone, not having to worry about another uh, villain that we already have so many of, it, they did a good... Um, they did a good, they had like a good way of setting it up. If that makes sense. If they had to for like marketing purposes. So that, that's why I liked it. Cause I was like, no way. Like that's, that's cool. And at first, you, you know what I mean? Like everybody at first was like, yo, it's Joker. So <laughs> I, I, you, you know what I'm trying to say? Am I, yes. making sense? I hope I'm making sense. <laughs> Do you think that little kid that Bruce Wayne was constantly looking at in the church and the funeral and when he met him the first time, do you think that could that could be a future Robin? Like a yes. future Dick Grayson? Yes, 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 yes. I was just talking to one of my friends about this the other day. I literally said it in the theater. I was like, that's the next Robin. I was literally saying it. That's hysterical that we even brought it up. Um, <laughs> I 100% agree with that. I think that there's a possibility that we finally do get a Robin, like a proper Robin. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's perfect for it. And I think that's why they were pushing this kid. It was more than just like, Bruce Wayne seeing himself in this kid. Um, it was also setting up for him to potentially like adopt him or have some sort of storyline. And, and he ends up being Robin. So it makes sense. Yeah. Because the only other Robins that we've actually gotten from live action, from what I remember, I'm sure there's more and I just don't remember it. Um, Batman forever, which right. is obvious. Mm -hmm. Batman and Robin, another obvious one. <laughs> um titans on hbo max and i don't remember if there was another i did, 
maybe not count the Dark Knight trilogy, but right, sort of, not really, yeah. but sort of. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, I think 100%, though, I think that that would be smart of them to do, to have, mm-hmm. like, a pro- like I say, a proper Robin. Um, and I think the possibility is definitely there. I think it's more than just, like, a self-reflection, because people are getting super deep about it, which, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously, like, he sees himself in this kid, like, you know, just lost his, his dad, and it's awful, and his, you know, living in Gotham, and he's this rich kid, you know? But I hope it's Robin. I'm also just, <laughs> my brain is hoping that it is too i i think he could be a good potential especially for someone so young and still new especially with batman being new i I think they could pull it off very very well especially with batgirl coming out soon yes i agree with that too (laughs) Um, oh my goodness um i'm hoping the dc universe keeps going in this direction like you said i hope it stays dark i hope that they keep doing what they're doing here because after Batman versus Superman and Justice League and all of the fucking shit show that we were dealing with for so long, I would love to see DC thrive a little bit more and have this more serious persona um, and not so much compete with Marvel, but kind of have a parallel in two different contrasts. So like you like one thing for one reason and one for another rather than competing against. You know, it's funny you say that because I was literally thinking about this the other day that in my mind, I feel like DC is winning and Marvel is slowly losing. Well, and after this phase, yeah. Yes, yep. yes, absolutely. Now, we got the phenomenal Spider-Man No Way Home. Right. We, and that was that brilliant, 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 brilliant. However, with Marvel now focusing a lot more on the television shows, I feel like in a way they're focusing more on appeasing the masses, spreading the critical drinker. I love watching his YouTube channel. Critical drinker says as well, they're spreading the message, you know, (laughs) wokeness and cancel culture and binary and oh, feminism and all that bullshit. Right. But DC, aside from Titans, is not going that direction. Now, granted, it's only been one movie and I could be just talking out of my ass on that because we still have black adam coming we still have aquaman 2 we still have shazam 2 we oh. still have all these <laughs> whoa 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 what happened what was that i don't know i <laughs> you're listing these movies and i'm cringing you know what no 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 like because i did say this on my last episode are we at this point fatigued with the upcoming movies coming out and now it's becoming more of an obligation to watch them. Yes. That, <laughs> I don't even have to go. hesitate. Yes. Um, I think that the DC sequels, the only one I've ever actually liked, and this is not including like, I'm talking about DC like universe, not like Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises. Those are, mm-hmm. that's different. That's Standalones. Those, were, those are just standalone classics that'll never, I, I'll watch those for the rest of my life and be content. But um, like, the Suicide Squad movies and uh, like Batman versus Superman or any of anything of that, any, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, even um, those movies are like just not. They don't do it for me. And when they come out with sequels, I'm like, oh, here we go. Like I feel like I have to watch it as a comic book fan, but like, do I really want to? You know what I yes. mean? Like Marvel, I'm always hype. I was always hyped for a Marvel movie, no matter what it was. I was super excited. Aside from um captain marvel but we don't have to talk about that right now oh good these don't even get me started on that yeah yeah okay so we're on the same page then okay Um, yes yes we are (laughs) 
I, I just side note real quick. As soon as I saw that movie, I gave my girlfriend the uh, the pop figure. I'm like, take it. I'm about to throw this out. I hated, I hated it so much. I was not a fan of it. And it's not even a feminist thing. Obviously, I'm a girl. I love seeing girl superheroes and, and fighters. And I think it's so dope. I loved Black Widow. Thought it was fucking phenomenal. Really? I, hate, I didn't, I, I I did loved not like Black it Widow. either. <laughs> really? I loved Black Widow. I thought it was great. But Captain Marvel was the same vibe as a DC movie is what I was trying to say before. Like the, those like first Suicide Squad movies and all that kind of stuff. Same vibe. And I, I just was not a fan of it at all. So. I think at this point, when it comes to current filmmaking, we're not going to go back to how it used to be back then when the first thing that should already that should always take priority is telling a cohesive story. Yes. I agree and, with that. And now it's we're we're going into the age of, as I said earlier, making everyone else good or appeasing or making sure that every representation has to fit the bill in some way. Right. And I, I know we're jumping around here a little bit. We're going to come back to the Batman in a second, but I remember I went on a tournament rant on birds of prey. <laughs> I went on a 20 minute rant and in my mind, I thought to myself, why in God's name would they make a movie that is centered around these groups of women but yet the same problem keeps on occurring in terms of, oh, this person is doing this because they got away from the Joker. So now she's becoming much more independent, which right. is fine, which is fine. If you want to do it that way, do it like I, I know I'm getting jumbled here a little bit. I'm following. I'll, don't worry. I'll give you an example. What they did with Harley Quinn in the animated show for HBO Max. Perfect. Yeah, yep. uh, uh, voiced by Kaylee. Uh, Kaylee, how, how do you pronounce her last name? Kukwo. Kukwo. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I the the series the, 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 on the, HBO the, Max was yes, the girl from the Big Bang Theories. So right. they made that Harley Quinn likable, funny, and she had an internal struggle. In the movie, there was rarely none of that. And yeah. let's be honest, I hate Cassandra. Kane. Really? I hate Cassandra Kane so much, but the, to me, she's on par with Captain Marvel. Fair. That's and fair. The, and, and the reason why I hate her is because they did not do her justice in any way, shape, or form. Because in the comics, and I, ladies and gentlemen, I ranted about this before, but we got to talk about <laughs> it. We got to talk about it. So let me just air this out, and you can agree with me or not. They took a badass assassin, one of the most strongest female comic book characters ever in the history of comics and make her into a fucking pit pocket. <laughs> a fucking pit pocket might. <laughs> and the only influence, not the influence, I'm sorry, the only reference that we have to her, to her comic book counterpart is the fact that she was an orphan. Ugh. She swallows yeah. a fucking diamond. That shit is going to kill you if it's lodged in your throat the wrong way. <sighs> the size. <sighs> yeah. Now, if there is going to be a sequel and she does become an assassin in some way, that's fine. But 
at least reference that in the movie. Have her be someone that could actually kill people and then regret what she's done, but maybe she starts to like it. Or at least in some way we can resonate with her in, in, in a fashion where they're like, you know what? Here's a character down on her luck. She looks up to Harley Quinn, realize what happened. Now she's doing her thing. Right. I hate Cassandra Kane so much. <laughs> no, honestly, I 100%, I, I feel that. Don't worry about it. We're on the same page with, with most of these things. So, And this is from a girl's perspective. So you can't sit here and hate on Mike and be like, <laughs> he's, he hates women. <sighs> this comes from a girl's perspective. It's cringy and annoying. Just give me a cool freaking superhero or supervillain that's going to like kick ass and just do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not always like, this is who I am. Like, just <laughs> fucking let it happen. Like, that's the true feminist. Annoying. I agree. <laughs> you know, we're talking about female characters now. This is the best transition. Did you love, um, oh my goodness, I can't, Zoe Kravitz. Did you love yes. Phyllis Catwoman? Yes, 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 yes. I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was cool. There were little hints of like that wokeness or like she hates like the white rich men. I expected it at some point because it's well known that her in real life is very like openly woke about things and things like that, you know? So I expected it once in a while. However, I think that her portrayal was great. I think that she lived up to the Catwoman name. And I think that that like kind of like Russian spy kind of vibe she had with like the different wigs and the clubs and things like that was very, very, very cool. And I think that she did it very well. So, yes, I think she was great. It was funny because someone brought to this to my attention that this movie, The Batman, was all about vengeance. Every character has some form of vendetta against something and they want to take revenge for it. Batman right. with his parents. Um Catwoman with her father being Carmon, uh, uh, Carmen Falcone or Falcone, however people want to pronounce it. Uh, Riddler, you know, uh, revenge against society. And yet the movie turned on itself at the very end where Batman realizes he has to be something more. He has to be a symbol of hope for Gotham. Right. And we talked about our favorite scenes. My favorite scene is literally when the music is playing and all the destruction has happened, and he's carrying a young woman in his arms. She puts her in the stretcher. She doesn't let go. She's right. scared. And he's telling her, he's comforting her with his eyes, everything is going to be okay. I'm like, that's the Batman. <laughs> that's yeah. the fucking Batman. Yes. It was almost like, yeah. He had one I... for life. <laughs> Like, see, yeah, like, I, I agree with that, too, because as much as I love, like, mean emo Batman that was just kicking everybody's ass and he was like, I'm vengeance, you know, like, the whole thing. um, <laughs> You know, at the end, you get this this Batman that you see a lot in the later comic books, even. Like, you know, like, that's, like, the Batman that has the Robin that wants the safety of everybody that will make sure everyone's still alive and, you know, taking care of each other. And that's, the, I see what you mean, because that was a setup for, like, this Batman of triumph rather than vengeance i guess mm -hmm. you know so i i see what you mean I, I thought it was cool at first i was watching it i was like oh we're gonna lose the emo batman like i want him to come back <laughs> like i love this dark ass batman so much i think he's so cool i'm like god like i think i'm in love with him but then like at the end i was like all right I, it, it got I you it. 
Yeah. I was like, at first, I was like, no. But then I was like, you know what? After I sat there and thought about it, maybe I'm just a terrible person. No, no, no. You you like what you like. It's all it's all good. You like what you like. <laughs> um, what things did you not like about the movie? And be, before you continue, uh, before you start, I, let me go first on this one. I, I said this at one point. I do not buy the fact that he can just walk through bullets and not feel anything. Yeah. And even if he did, he did, he really, he rarely showed it until the very end when the shotgun was like blasted right in front of him. Right. Because, and maybe you can agree with me, maybe not, but I want to make this point across. We all know that many people love Batman because of the fact that he's human. He's cool, but he's human. He's different from, from every other superhero. Rich kid, buys gadgets, makes gadgets, whatever the case may be, right? But right. he's still vulnerable. And that's what makes us connect to him. The fact that he has powerful feelings and the fact that he's lost so much and he's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to use the symbol of fear to scare his opponents and become the symbol of hope for a Gotham city. Okay. But when I see a scene like the hallway scene, for example, and he's just marching down, just walking down and two semi automatic rifles is just blasting at his chest and he doesn't feel anything. That's yeah. bullshit. Because yeah. let me tell you, you're going to feel <laughs> that because I'm from the, I have a military background you do not walk through something like that. Right. I no, don't care how yeah. powerful your Kevlar is. You're going to feel the impact still. Absolutely. And <laughs> I feel like by him doing that, by him having like a, uh, a Superman type of vibe, like a type of look in a way at that moment, it right. took away from his vulnerability. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. I 100% agree with that because, like you said, there would have been some sort of impact. You would have had him get knocked down at some point. Having him rise up again would have been cool. Like, he got knocked down, but he got back up again, you know? Which like, made him, which would have made him which made more intimidating as right. the Batman. Like, instead of just him walking through, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, doing that, that Superman vibe, which is not what he is. He's not a freaking superhuman. I, I agree with that, yeah. Because I, I, I said the same thing. I was like, how is he walking through bullets? I said it in the theater. I was like, there's no way right now. Like, it would have been clipped at least for two seconds for him to fall down. Like, there's no way. Like, so I agree with that, too. Now, if it was automatic handguns, maybe. Not a fucking... Semi-automatic. Yeah, not a semi, dude. Freaking to the chest. <laughs> the fuck? Like, I mean, you're kidding me. I mean, Ben Affleck's Batman, he got shot on the head and he like, oh, that's that, <laughs> like that fight scene. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh God. Don't even get me started. I could do an entire episode about how horrible I think Ben Affleck, ben Affleck is. <laughs> with, with his, uh, it's supposed to be his no killing rule, but he ends up killing people left and right. If only you could see my eye roll right now. <laughs> it's like so, so annoying. You know, it, <laughs> it, I, I, I remember Chris Stuckman said it best, and I'm going to paraphrase exactly what he said. It would have been better if they had a scene in that movie where they would give a reason in terms of why he became that way. Right. 20 years in Gotham, most likely went through so much shit. 
So at least have a scene, anything where he's like, you know what? Fuck my moral code. Fuck this. Everyone dies. <laughs> you know, if they, yeah. if they showed us that Robin actually died. Yeah. And it, and it was such an emotional toll on him. Then we would understand, okay, well, you're, well, it's still fucked up, but we understand why you're taking lives. Right. There was just no kind of anything. There's just zero substance to that that character. I still sit here and say that I will die on that hill. Like, I was just like, I remember watching that movie just zoning out. I was like, for the love of God. And like, Batman's one of my favorite superheroes ever. Like, ever. Across all universes, all comic books, all companies. And I was like, for the love of God, make it, make just make it stop. Like, end it. <laughs> Do you think that aside from Flashpoint, are we ever going to get a return of Ben Affleck's Batman aside from Flashpoint? Or God, I the, hope not. <laughs> really? You, you don't like Ben Affleck? Aside from what we just discussed, you're no. not feeling the whole Batfleck? Nope. I, like I said, <laughs> I'll die on this hill. I think he was the worst Batman by far. Really? Yeah. Oh, please explain. You, you can't just say that and not explain. I just tell didn't me to like just share your thoughts on him. that one. I didn't like the suit. I didn't like anything about that version of Batman. It's like just a gen. It was just a general dislike. I didn't think that he portrayed him the way he should have portrayed him. I think that Batman and Bruce Wayne was just like fell super flat, you know? <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. All right. So then. And the okay. suit looked like a fucking Lego. Like, I don't. <laughs> Lego Batman like what the fuck was that I was like what is this like I was so annoyed I'm so glad you're laughing because it's true and you know it's true and that's why you're laughing I was like I didn't fucking sign up to watch Lego Batman fight Superman this is bullshit okay like hold on hold on I, I gotta collect my wits together why did, <laughs> I, why, why did he look like a le- le- what Jesus I can't even talk why <laughs> did he look like a Lego like it why like he had like the like light up eyes and like the head was super square and fucking like it. I think I just I was annoyed the whole time. So let me ask you. Maybe this. it was the writing. I, I just generally I don't I don't know. I just was not a fan of it. So would you say that this portrayal and the suit was worse than George Clooney? Tied. 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 Yeah. All right. I'm. I'm going to put you on blast now. Oh, God. List your Batman from worst to best or best to oh, worst. That's so. Come on. Best... Okay. Your because. All right. So let me remind you. First of all, I don't want to count Adam West because he was before yeah, our I'm not time. Adam West. He was before our time. And it's unfair for us to put him in the category since we were not exposed to that at a young age. So and. During that time, Batman was supposed to be campy, colorful, the right. kapow, the bam, that, that shit, shark repellent on his belt. I don't know what the hell that was. Um, we're not counting that, but I'll give you the names. So we got, I'm going to try to list them in order so I can remember. Okay. Michael Keaton. Right. Val Kilmer. Okay. George Clooney. Okay. Okay. Christian Bale. Okay. Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson. Okay. Kevin Conroy. You got to throw in Kevin Conroy. You have to. I don't <laughs> care if he's animated. You have to throw him in. You know what? No. Let's not throw him in. Let, let's just focus on live action, then? Live actions, yes. Because I feel like 
Kevin Conroy is going to be number one for so many people because he right. shaped our childhood. So okay. the six live actions. Okay. Hmm. First, okay, I'm not including Bruce Wayne portrayals because that's a different ball game. Like well, Bruce can, Wayne you... and Batman to me are two different types. So this is hard because I, I'm just going to go with Batman, not Bruce Wayne. Okay. okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, 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 I'll do both, but you can do only one. Fine. First, <laughs> Christian Bale's number one still for me. It's never going to change. Dark Knight, that portrayal was still just okay. perfect. Serious right. Batman, straightforward, fighting, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker. The suit was fucking ridiculously cool. Christian Bale's number one for me still. Number Christian two, Bale. Robert okay. Pattinson, 100%. Okay. okay. I, I think that it was great. I think the portrayal was cool. I Again, I, the suits are always a, a factor for me, so I, I did enjoy his suit as well. So I'd say that. Number three, Michael Keaton, obviously. Classic. Okay. Can never go wrong with that. Uh, now we got say, now we got Ben Affleck, Val Kilmer, and George Clooney next. Val Kilmer afterwards, and wow. then, and then I guess I would say Affleck and Clooney, but that's wow. like tied, <laughs> like tied, like they're barely they're, they're fighting back and forth, like oh yeah, my God. yeah. Holy shit! So you're controversial, you're, but you know what? Hey, you, I say it all That's the time. At the, I say it all the time at the ending of my uh, episodes, controversial or otherwise, we tell the truth. Yeah, I'm being 100 percent honest here. I just didn't like it. Like I always have this ongoing joke right now that like J Lo, congratulations J Lo, you ended up with the worst Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, uh, mine would be nearly similar to yours, but um, you know. Bale number one, Patterson. Mm. Damn, because I am counting both Bruce Wayne and Batman. So, yeah, for Wayne, Bruce Wayne's, I think Robert Pattinson had the best portrayal. Hmm. If if I'm going from best to worst, I would put Bale number one, Michael Keaton number two. That's fair if you're counting both. Yes, and, and and I am counting both, you know, because I feel like his Bruce Wayne was a little bit more, like, like he was charming. He was, you know, Michael Keaton, like, he's, you know. And it doesn't help that every time when you have an interview of him, he always goes, I'm Batman. And then he just walks away. <laughs> he even said it at a graduation. <laughs> he even said it at a graduation reunion. And I'm like, you know what? Yes, you are. <laughs> you know what? You're right. <laughs> yes, You're you damn are. right. So I would go Bale number one, Keaton number two, Patterson number three. Okay, I respect it. Now, if there's another sequel that comes out and it's badass, then those two might switch. Okay. Keaton and Patterson. But for right now, Patterson is number three, but it's very, very neck and neck. Okay. I would go Ben Affleck number four. And the reason- Yes, and the reason why is because, again, if we just had that scene- it would justify it for me, but I did enjoy the fight scene in the movie, in the Batman v Superman movie. I did enjoy not him versus Superman. I'm saying him fighting those goons. That's fair. And, that right. and I could totally see him being a ladies man, especially when it came to Wonder Woman and, and some others. Okay. So I would say that. Number five would be Val Kilmer. Okay. And six, I, I feel so bad because 
Clooney always gets so much hate, but then again, he makes fun of himself for it too. Yeah. He always apologizes. He always apologizes. He goes, listen, I'm, I'm very sorry. I mean, like, I, this is what, 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 what can you expect? Well, what can you expect? You know that Robert Pattinson actually did the, uh, he did audition for that wearing the bat suit with the nipples on. <laughs> I literally found this out the other day. I'm like, you know what? Can you send me that later, please? Oh, I will. I, I will. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm sure Robert Pattinson did that. And how Zoe Kravitz got uh, hired for the role. Well, method acting she was literally she had a picture and she was instagramming herself she was licking milk from an actual bowl with the yeah i know that on. I and i'm that like on and i look at her i'm like all right you know what we got this we got this <laughs> overall the batman was phenomenal yeah yep. and uh, with the themes and the characters and everything Matt Reeves, the director, did an awesome, awesome job. And yeah. if we do get a sequel, I hope it's better. And I hope it's everything we could ever want again in a next Batman film. I am with you there, 100%. Would you have any last minute, last uh, lasting thoughts about the Batman in general? Not necessarily. I mean, I, I, just, I just think it was really good. I didn't like how long it was. I think we could have gone maybe 15, 20 minutes shorter because mm-hmm. there was like just some some filler stuff. But at the same time, you know, it was very comic book driven or cartoon-ish driven. And I mean that in the way of the, the parallels, not that it was cartoony. It was it was like that parallel to the actual plots and the storylines that we saw from the comics and the, the cartoons, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I guess I get what I know why they did it. But if they cut it just a little bit shorter, I think it would have been an absolute masterpiece. I still think it was, but I think making it almost three hours was like, holy shit, you know? It was like, I'm sitting here for three hours. But I know why they did it. I don't want people to think like, oh, you can't sit through a three-hour movie. But there was a little fluff here and there where I was like, all right, they could have cut a couple minutes off. But Avengers Endgame was three hours. Yeah, but that was jam-packed, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, there wasn't any point where I was like, I have to get out of here for a second. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I can't miss what's about to happen. But also I'm biased because I love the Avengers. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Makes sense. (laughs) Well, you know what? That segues into the next thing we can talk about real quick with the Avengers. First and foremost, um, rest in peace to William Hurt. He died uh, last week or yeah, like early this week. I don't remember the exact date, but for those people that don't remember who he was, it's basically General uh, Ross from the Hulk. And he, he was basically that douchebag general with the mustache and he has to live by authority. And you're like, okay, fuck this guy. But it, it's sad because every time, and you know this better than anybody, we work in a news heavy station. Yep. Yes, we do. And every time we we see the news when it comes to our stars or celebrities passing away, it sucks. It really does. Yeah, it's sad. It's like you feel it. You feel it in the office. You feel it through the people that are around you. And you're like, wow, like even if you didn't know him, you knew him. You know what I mean? They had an impact on you somehow. What would you say? I understand he was not an A-list guy in terms of, you know, having his character being the way he was, but what would you say would be your favorite scene that involves him? 
anything from the Hulk, honestly, that had him in it. Uh, I think that he was just great, uh, a great antagonist in a way. Mm-hmm. So, like, just being that the general in Hulk, to me, was something that impacted me more, like, more so. Even if it wasn't that big of a deal, I think that character and that flair added to the build of Hulk itself. So, that's kind of where I'm at for him. Okay, all right. What for about you? Me, for me, personally, I would have to say um, Civil War. That's Yeah, that's a good one. Yes, when he's showing everyone on the desk the destruction that each one are doing, gives them the Sokovia Accords. Right. And he turns around, he was like, listen, either you sign this and deal with it or leave. Right. So. Which is, yeah. Like I said, him, that impact that he had on, on from Hulk all the way up to Civil War even was just, you know, like people don't even realize it. Like there was a lot of setups for this character that, led the storyline so do you think i don't remember if he filmed any scenes for this but do you think we'll see him in she hulk potentially i mean if there's if there's you know um they already filmed it obviously but if there's already filmed then i could see it potentially uh linking back to hulk and linking back to civil war even for a cameo even if he was just in one or two scenes um even if it was like a flashback or or something like that which She-Hulk I'm also very excited for as well. Very excited. I'm, I'm excited for Daredevil to come back, but we're, we're going to get to yeah. that in a bit. <laughs> we're going to get to that in a bit. Um, yes, rest in peace to William Hurt, General Ross. He will be missed. Uh, good antagonist, great antagonist. Um, even though like, there's, an, there's an old saying, especially when our, you know, in our station, Sid, Sid Rosenberg actually right. says it best. Um if people love you or people hate you, that means that you've done your job. Yep. So the 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 <laughs> fact <laughs> the fact that we remember him as this douchebaggery character, and I know he's played a bunch of other stuff. I just can't remember them right now. But rest in peace to him, and my condolences to his family, his friends, and anybody else that he's that he's impacted. Yeah, definitely. But now this goes into the next thing we want to talk about. And I want to call this a wait, what moment? I still have to call it something better. But um, whether you may or may not heard in the news, the Parental Television Council basically is so pissed off that the Marvel Netflix shows are on Disney Plus. Saying that, uh, paraphrasing here, saying that the Marvel Netflix shows being on Disney Plus has now tainted what Disney Plus is all about. What? <laughs> like, I, I really, wait, literally, wait, what? <laughs> I, yes, they, they made a, a whole big stinker about it, saying that, oh, that this is an embarrassment, that this is, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to find the quote here because it's beyond freaking hilarious. Oh, my God. And, and it just got it just got me to think to myself, I'm like, wait, you're the parental counsel. That means that you have to set the guidelines in terms of what is rated R and what's rated PG. So if you have a section on Disney Plus that says not viewable for children. Then, then why do you exist? Then what's the point? What? <laughs> oh, my God. Let me just backtrack here real quick, too. Have we seen what Disney Plus is also adding? That they have issues with, like, Marvel shows and all of that, whatever. Like, 
you know, like Daredevil potentially coming and and Jessica Jones. Fine, whatever. Cool. But have we seen what else they're adding lately? They're literally adding the Kardashians to Disney Plus. So Are you what- serious? I didn't even know I'm about 100% this. I'm 100% serious. Yeah. It's literally called The Kardashians and they're giving the Kardashians a show on Disney Plus. You're going to sit here and complain to me when a woman that got famous off of a sex tape has a show on Disney Plus, <laughs> but we can't have superheroes that fight and like, you know, do the deed once in a while. Shut the fuck up. I hate people. <laughs> Truly. So, so, so. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> They're adding the Kardashians. Jesus Christ. Yep. I, I think I remember reading an article the other day that they slammed Lizzie McGuire for a, a, an upcoming sequel because it was deemed not kidly friendly. Yeah. Oh, dear. They canceled it. I can't. I'm so tired. Honestly, I'm going to keep it 100 with you. Working at the station that we work at has taught me I don't give a shit about anything anymore. Cancel culture is dumb. Everyone is super sensitive, and I'm tired of it. Like, truly. Power to the people. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. Like, the 2000s, everyone's, like, so nostalgic for the 2000s and the late 90s. But, like... We try to bring that back, and the people are like, but it's bad. Like, make up your mind. Make up your mind. Like, I get so annoyed by this so fast. So so I found the quote, and, you know, to make sure that we're not making this up, this is from Variety.com. So there's right. an article from Variety.com, one of the best news sources in the world. Here we go. So okay. this is what the PTC said, that they applauded Disney Plus for improving the parental controls, that the mere presence of rated MA and rated R content violates the trust of families and may will turn them off entirely. They continue on and say, and I quote, there is no need for Disney plus to compete with the explicit content on the other streaming platforms. Disney is already at a competitive advantage with a streaming platform. That is one of the safest ones out there for families. It's foray into TVMA rated fair will, which will forever tarnish its family friendly crown so apparently because they got all butthurt that daredevil jessica jones and everything else they're now all butthurt about it and they're like this is not what disney is supposed to do this is comprehensible all right so then in the same breath take sesame street and all the children's shows also fucking hbo max then because children's shows don't belong on hbo like shut the fuck up People are so annoying. Oh, my goodness. If you haven't noticed, people that are listening, I am very hostile, but it's also because I'm Greek and Italian, so it just comes off that way. I promise I'm a nice person. <laughs> I'm a Greek and Italian from Queens. So Ah, uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> you, you already have that mob-like mentality. Exactly. You don't tolerate bullshit. No, not at it's all. A, it, it's amazing on how far this this uh, this age that we live in has actually came across now. It's It's benign. It really is. Yep, it's I'm, it's crazy to me. You can't say anything. You can't content. do anything. Everything's a problem. It's crazy. The fact is, the shows are on Disney Plus now. They have not said. I thought. I thought. I was convinced they were going to censor a lot of the scenes, but they didn't. They kept it the way it is. Right. Which means to me, this might segue into us getting more rated R content from Marvel under the MCU. If we're getting Deadpool at any point, it's going to be rated R. It's, it has to be. 
he drops one fuck bomb and it's it's that's it. It's already rated R already. So Well, actually, I read that you can use one F bomb in a PG thirteen movie. Only one. Oh, they'll play into that with him. He'll say it once at the end, and through the entire movie, I guarantee you, they'll tease it, tease it, tease it, and then at the end, he'll be like, fuck! Oh! One more and we're out. Like, it's just like something like that, you know? Like, <laughs> it's coming. I can't wait for that, by the way. I, I can't wait for it either. And the fact that the director for the Adam Project and Free Guy is going to be directing Deadpool 3. Yes. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I love Deadpool. I'm a sucker for Deadpool. I always have been. So did, did I tell you that I met Ryan Reynolds at one point? No. Oh, um, I forgot to tell you. I'm valuable sorry. Valuable information. Thank you. Yeah, this <laughs> was back in 2012. It was 12 or 13. And he was out at the golf course and he wanted to play some golf. And I just saw him riding with uh, one of the supervisors there. And I'm like, holy shit, there's Green Lantern. Holy oh shit. God. Holy shit. There he is. And of course, I didn't want to be like, eh, eh, eh. you know, my inner geek was going up. So he came across to me and I looked at him. I shook his hand and I asked him, hey, how you, uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds, big fan. How are you doing? How's life? He was like, yeah, life is good. Life is good. And everyone's back good. I'm like, how's Blake? How's the kids? Hey, they're doing good. Thank you for asking. Because I feel like if celebrities and this is probably a lesson for every one of you that comes across a celebrity yourself. If you treat them as human beings and actually talk to them like human beings and not so, so geeked out, be like, oh, can I take a picture? No. Right. Because I'm sure they go through that on a daily basis. There's more of an impact if you're nice to a celebrity, like a normal human being. Just like, hey, how are you? Like, you know, big fan. Love your stuff. Mm -hmm. How's it going? Then being like, look at this. Look who I just met. Everyone look at this picture of this Marvel that I just met five minutes ago. Like it's, you know, you know, be, you know, because I do voiceover. Um, one of uh, our voiceover guys, uh, I believe his name is uh, Joe Goddard or Joe Goddard. I'm sorry okay. if I mispronouncing that name, but he does Ryan Reynolds impressions. He does Deadpool impressions. Oh, so if you sick. actually if you um, I'm going to text you the name later on. But uh, if you go on his Instagram and his TikTok. And you can actually see him and Ryan Reynolds together. And he sounds just like him. He oh, was like, sick. well, if you want to, if you want to lower your voice down, this is how you do it. Ryan goes, nope. And then he just runs away. <laughs> oh my God. That's so cool. Oh, what a moment. Yes. I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely text you the name, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's, definitely. He's, he's to, a great, he, he's a great guy. And uh, you know, there's a shout out to everybody. If you want to follow his content, he's, he's pretty cool. Awesome. So we talked all of this stuff and we talked about dead uh, Deadpool. We talked about daredevil. We talked about everything since now we're on the Marvel side and this will be the last thing, you know, since we are running out of time shortly. Did you see the Miss Marvel trailer? I did. What are your thoughts? It's be cute. Honest, it's, it's cute. It's it, cute. It's cute. And I, you could take that quote for me as <laughs> however you may uh want to but it's cute and i think it's going to appeal to very awkward teenage girls that are just getting into marvel um i think it's going to appeal to a very much a very younger audience um but do i think it's going to be like tom holland's cute 
where I was like, oh my God, this is so freaking cool, but like also it's adorable. No, I think it's going to be like a Disney Channel show. You know, I'm so That's glad you... I'm I'm so glad you said that because I always want to get people's different perspectives, especially when it comes to things like this. That trailer did nothing for me. Exactly. And that's probably why, because I'm not, I'm not the target audience. There you go. I'm not either, really. So that's why I say, is it cute? Sure. But is a little 12-year-old girl that likes Marvel gonna watch that and be like, oh, like I like this show. Like I love it. I love it. Yeah, probably. But are we necessarily going to be like, yeah, Miss Marvel was my favorite show by far. It was way better than Loki and WandaVision. No, of not, a not. Not, not, not a chance. Not not a chance. Not a chance. And and I feel like Disney understands that, which is why they are they are appeasing to a different type of demographic. Right. Um, it doesn't help to me. And maybe you're in the same boat, too. It doesn't help that the Avengers game kind of ruined Miss Marvel for me, too. Right. Because that that game was a such a disaster <laughs> and it's at the point where every time when they're shoving miss marvel down our throats it just makes me reject it that much more that's fair too yeah. exactly so then when i see a trailer like this where it has a lot of scott pilgrim vibes and is very fantasy ish comic book pop-ups on the screens and things yes. like that. right yeah and it's like i don't know it, uh... And it's like we said earlier, now we have to see this because they're under the MCU umbrella. Right. I See, I agree with that. I, do I think it's potential for a setup for Young Avengers? Yes, I do. I see um, that. So I think that we are going to have, you know, Kate Bishop, and we have this new Miss Marvel, and we have the little setups for the Young Avengers coming about right now. Um. Even Tom Holland, Spider-Man, potentially being part of that crew. It's, it's very possible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the twins in WandaVision to think about as well. Yes. Um, Young Avengers wise. So do I think it's potential for a setup for it? Yes. But do I think it's Young Avengers is also still 100% going to appeal to that younger generation? Yes, 100% I do. Um, so I wasn't really a fan of Miss Marvel. But do I think it's going to be horrible and a shit show? I think for that demographic, no, people are going to love it. But for us, we're probably going to be like, it's a pass. But they have mm-hmm. to start appealing to a younger audience if they want to grow. That's just how a company works. So I expected it, to be honest with you. <laughs> like when I heard they were making the Miss Marvel show, I was like, that's going to be for every nerdy 12-year-old girl. That's like, that's like me. Like, that's how I am. So, you know. That's also... That is also Pakistanian or Indian. Exactly. Or... And from Jersey, like, you know, just your average kid, just like Spider-Man was for every 12-year-old boy with Peter Parker. You know what I mean? Like, you're an average kid from Queens, and all of a sudden you have these superpowers and you're an Avenger. I think Miss Marvel will be the same way, but the way it goes about, because it was on Disney Plus and because it's going to be a show, it's going to be very Disney Channel TV show or original movie oriented rather than, like, a movie production, if that makes sense. Okay. All right. Well, I'm so glad that I got your take on that because I, I did not know what to think. And right. like I said earlier, it's always great to get another perspective. Yeah, of course. Now we're just about to be running out of time. We're already close to reaching an hour. I think we're close to reaching an hour, which is awesome because this time flew by. What show or movie, not Dr. Strange 2, are you looking forward to the most this year? 
overall or in like the comic book world? <laughs> uh this uh, this year. It uh, yes, uh, overall. You can say movie, you can forward- say show, game, whichever. Sure. Uh so not Doctor Strange. Looking forward to Morbius, which I'm very excited for. I hope to God okay. that they do it right. I'm very excited about Morbius. I love that character. I like the the horror movie feel. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and dipping into the horror franchise, I'm also very excited for Halloween Ends. Mm-hmm. So, um, so beyond words excited for that movie because I'm a huge horror fan. You, you could, you could see because we're. Uh, I see it. Yeah, there you go. I have my Halloween poster right here. So I'm very, very excited for that as well. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say those two: Morbius and Halloween Kills, or or Halloween Ends rather, are uh, up there for me right now. I'm sure there's a lot more that I'm not thinking of, but very excited for those two for me it would have to be uh gotham knights for the video game which is kind of sad because it's not really a direct sequel to arkham knight Mm -hmm. but it would be kind of cool to play as different characters and you know get to play with whoever whoever they do right and um my goodness morbius would have to be another one exactly and i know sony botched these films but I'm kind of leaning again more towards Sony because they are focusing on the Spider-Man characters. Right. And after watching Venom 2, which it, ha- it had more downs than up, I get it, but... I liked Ven- I liked Let There Be Carnage, though. I liked it. Honestly, I'm biased, though, because I fucking love Venom. I think it's like my, I love Venom my too. favorite characters ever, like, across anything, so... Yeah, I was biased. I was excited. I was like, oh, look at him. Look at Eddie Brock. Look at him. I was like but, such a dork in the theater. <laughs> but, can you, but can you agree that it should have been rated R? Yes. And Carnage should have done more? Yes, 100%. They were just appealing to a family audience because uh, little kids started liking Venom and, and all of that stuff. But it should, if it was rated R, it would have probably been one of my favorite movies. It probably would have been the best by far. Yeah. All right. Well, that is all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comments Volume 2 podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. If you disagree with us in any way, shape, or form, you know what to do. Go on voiceofgarcia.com, my voiceover website, and you can let me know in the messages below, and I will answer you back. Or tweet at us, Voice of Garcia, Twitter, Instagram, and how do they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Gina.Bina and Twitter, G-L-N-A-B-I-N-A. There you go. And what's your podcast called? The Ring Fanatics Podcast. Which hopefully I get to come across to next time. And yes. uh, we can actually talk. We can reminisce about pro wrestling because I do miss it from time to time. And now they have Jeff Hardy in mm-hmm. AEW. Yes, sir. There, the hook was dangling in front of me for a while. Now I'm ready to bite on that thing. Oh, yeah. Well, now they have Paige Van Zant in it, too. They have CM Punk, too. All right. Um, yeah, we got, we got to talk about it on uh, we, one we of gotta, my episodes. We, we <laughs> got to talk about it. We Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Gina, thank you so much for taking the time to be on this podcast. And I hope to have you again in the yeah, near definitely. future. And yes, absolutely. And enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy your weekend. And I will see you at work on Monday. <laughs> Yeah, I'll see you Monday morning. <laughs> All right. And as always, when it comes to the world of comic book news, games, shows, or whatever the case may be, always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, 
we talk about it, controversial or otherwise. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Stay safe till next time. We're done. We're through. Peace out. Later.